Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where Zach and I choose to not speak before we start recording, because the general consensus is we have nothing interesting worth talking about unless we are recording for the podcast. That's Andrew. I'm Zach. Yes, my whole uh, tip to Andrew just before was don't talk to me, save it for the podcast. Um, Because he he was about to tell me something awesome he'd been doing. And I'm like, no, I want to hear it fresh. I want to react in the moment. It is hard. It is. It's funny, though, because it makes you realize it's like when we ask each other, hey, how you doing? It's like, well, we can't really say anything without because most of our life that we have going on has to do with the podcast. So there's nothing fun we can talk about. Yeah. I don't want to waste my best lines on you without an audience to hear them. Uh, well, yeah, Cause I want to get you to react. Yeah. Right. Much like a PB, if no one was there to witness it, it didn't happen. Exactly. Man, <clears throat> we are talking now at, looks like it's just on 7 PM Australian Eastern time on Indeed. Thursday, the 15th of July. And we're about to jump on and not have the podcast we thought we were going to have when we said we were going to jump on at about 10 o'clock this morning, are we? No, no. Uh, We are headed into number five uh, lockdown, lockdown number five. And uh, theoretically, it's a snap lockdown. Should end on Tuesday night? Tuesday midnight, they're saying. So five days, yeah. Five days. Um, So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, man, it's just... We kind of knew it was coming because you see New South Wales, they had like, what, 100 cases yesterday? Uh, Yesterday was like 77, but the day before that was like 113. I don't even know what today was, but... I know um, Victoria was like 10 today, but it's they're localized to that, like they already knew it was coming kind of thing. Yeah, Um, there were were cases that tested positive in certain exposure sites and exposure circles. mm. But the problem is, is that... One of those exposure circles happened to go to this little sporting ground called the MCG, um, where there was several other thousand people. Uh, and now we're in a situation where the number of people who need to get isolated and tested is in you know the tens of thousands. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it seems to be also the, the Delta variant, which is the worst one. So we've got situations where two people unknown to each other who didn't interact but were in the same area... Uh, I have established a chain between them. Yeah. And there was obviously a lot of other people in that area as well. So uh, big day for testing. I went and got tested this morning. Yeah. So, yeah, you sound, I mean, for those of you who listen to this podcast regularly, you know that Zach kind of sounds a bit congested today. So you haven't obviously heard anything back yet. No, no, I, I, I have not been feeling well. And so I went and got, I went, I tried to get tested yesterday. Uh, and I was told it was a 90-minute wait to get tested, and I was probably a little bit too late. Yeah. Um, so then I got there uh, at 7.45 this morning. Uh, and it took about an hour for me to get tested uh, this morning, and now I'm just waiting for my results. But I'm told that because I'm symptomatic, but I haven't been to any exposure sites, um, it could be Saturday until I get my results back. Yeah, I say it's Thursday. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. I mean, well, I guess it's not too, too bad. I mean, I, I think the first time that I got a test... I wait. Sorry, the second time that I guess I've gotten three tests in total. Uh, I waited. I think four or five days. And the last test that I got, I waited all of five seconds because I scheduled it. You could make an appointment. This was over in Windhamville. Yep. And I think I waited two days for that one. Yeah. Um, the first I've only had one test before this, and I got that back straight away the next day. But that was when everything was quiet, and they were yeah. like, you know, 
10,000 tests a day. They did 27,000 tests yesterday, and I think yeah. they're planning like 50,000 tests today. That's so, awesome. so excited. Mm. But there's a there's a tier one exposure site just around the corner from Yeah, there. right in Point uh, Cook, uh, Fitness something or other, one of the gyms. Yeah, and one gym. of the gyms here in Werribee as well uh, yeah. is, a, is a tier one exposure site. So that's new. I haven't that's, had that happen before. That's a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, and yeah, I found that out because I... <laughs> Because I, I kind of go back and forth between uh, Deramitz in Geelong and, and Jets in Point Cook. And I went to Jets in Point Cook today, and that's where I found that out. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. So it is so hard. I mean, we <laughs> spoke about gym owners a couple of weeks ago and what they're going through in terms of trying to stay open and come yeah. back and forth. And it's it's just really tough for them because, you know, you've, you've been in the gym. Listeners have been in the gym. Yeah. You're sweating. You're breathing hard. You're sort of going around each other it's really hard to to get around those um conditions but also they're so good for you we need that release and yeah. to get over this whole lockdown stuff so it's yeah. very tough whenever they find themselves at the epicenter of this yeah what can you do it's uh, we'll just we'll just wait and hope i guess yeah um big impact though for me personally um and the reason yeah. why we were going to jump on the call uh, is people who have been listening to the podcast for a while know that because a friend of the podcast, Dean Milligan, I had uh, stupidly decided to enter a 105-kilometer race this weekend yeah. at the Yu Yangs, um, an event that was going to take you know, about 20, 24 hours or so. Um, and I hadn't been doing well the last two weeks. I actually, uh, two weeks ago, I decided to do a rehearsal run and I went out to the Yu Yangs at three o'clock in the morning. And my plan was very, very early, very dark, very cold. And, and my plan was to go out there and do one of the 21 kilometer loops in the dark. Can I actually just ask a real quick question? Yeah. Are the, are the, is the Yu Yangs like accessible at three o'clock in the morning? So there's a gate down the bottom. Yeah. And what you do is you park outside that gate and then just walk past the gate. Oh, and right then on. you're in the Yu Yangs. Okay. So you can't drive in until the gate opens up, which is 6.30 or so in the morning. Yeah. But you can you can just park at the bottom and walk your way in. Okay. So, so I parked at the bottom, walked my way in. And my plan was to do a 21-kilometer loop. Mm-hmm. And then meet some friends at 7.30 and do another 21-kilometer loop. Uh, and it would have been slow. It would have taken me probably six hours or so to mm-hmm. do those two loops. And I my theory pretty good for that terrain. Yeah. Um, and my theory was if I can get through that and not feel completely horrible the next two days, then I'll at least have some idea of what I'm facing for the actual event. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't even finish my first loop yeah. because my plantar fasciitis really flared up. Uh Ben, if you've listened to this podcast and you've had plantar fasciitis and you've gotten through it, I salute you because this injury is a bastard. Yeah, it's a bitch. It's um, so hard. It's it's um, really, really like it. It's it's right up there with ITB. Yeah, you know? uh, it's just a bitch. So I ha- I haven't ran since that Sunday. Um, I haven't. So that's what approaching what now ten or eleven days yeah. um, since I last ran. Because I just was like, if I'm going to have any chance of getting to the starting line of this race, I have to rest. I have to actually do what it says. I have to actually rest. Um, So I stopped running, no walking for fitness, none of that sort of thing. And the foot was feeling okay. The pain got to down, say, like a one or a two in the morning. But every time I walked, it flared up again. And the thing with plantar fasciitis, they're like, once you get warmed up, it's fine. Yeah, mine that mine Not wasn't so doing that. Mine was sore the whole time, and so I kind of then got through um, the first week and found myself a week out, going, "What am I going to do now?" Started taking some Voltar and some anti-inflammatories, and the foot feels really good. 
So it, it's it's died down. There's no inflammation. I could really get into the spiky ball and, and crunch it around. And I was feeling really quite good uh, about at least being able to start uh, on the on the starting line. And Andrew, mm-hmm. you'd been keeping me motivated. You'd been telling me that I'd done training. I had the base miles under me. I just needed to get to the start line and see what would happen. And I was kind of, <laughs> you've, you've really jinxed us, haven't you, mate? Sorry. <laughs> um, I was kind of there. And then Tuesday, I started to feel sick. Yeah. Yesterday being Wednesday, I did not feel good at all. Um, had a plan to go do a test run, had to abandon that, went straight to bed. And then this morning, woke up, went and got a COVID test. And and boom, boom, down comes the lockdown. So we were going to jump on this chat and talk about how I feel having, you know, worked towards, trained towards an event for four months or so and and how I was going having had, you know, two things thrown at me, one being injury and one being sickness and having to do the smart thing, which is there is no doubt that I am in no condition at the moment to do a 105K race. Yeah. No, no no chance at all between my foot and my sickness there's i just should not be doing it and we were going to get on and sort of have a conversation about how i was dealing with that but to be honest since the lockdowns come down yeah kind of, it doesn't feel so bad now does it this is free money baby yeah because basically i mean if you can't do it not no my one fault. can do it <laughs> Exactly. Not my fault. I, this, I, I, I was ready to go, Andrew. I was ready to go. There you go. go. This run, man, I swear it has been cursed for you so hard. Like you had just yeah, like you never get injured. Like no, I mean, I, I, I think your last injury was when you blew out your Achilles when you were playing basketball. Like what, twenty years ago? Exactly. <laughs> and then now you're getting injured. Then you get sick, and now the trifecta is the thing's just going to be canceled. So, like, yeah. this is not the race for you, clearly. And if you had went and it was on, you probably would have fallen off one of the cliffs. Yeah. I have been in the worst mood for the last two weeks. Yeah. Like, work has been stressful because I was acting as my boss for the last week and a half. I've not been able to run. I've had this whole ticking clock going that I'm getting to this race. What am I going to do? I was having that whole battle about what's the point of entering a race if you can't finish it versus the... You know that conversation we have about the ra- the race is just the celebration of the work you've put in. Yeah. So just simply being able to get to the start line of a race like that and attempt it is a victory, which is something that I say, but something that I don't believe. <laughs> and yeah. so I was starting to get really angry about that. Um, but now it's like, okay, cool. Um, we'll s- they're planning to reschedule this race. Let's see what happens. Um, take two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you... So do you have kind of, okay, so do you have high hopes that you will be able to do it when they reschedule or are you kind of like not getting your hopes up sort of thing? Um, I, I'm, to, to me, like when they reschedule it, they'll reschedule it and that will be what it is. My, my main hope now is number one, I want to get a clear COVID test yeah, well, and yeah. show that I don't already have it. Um, number two is I don't want to catch it. <laughs> um, and then number three is once I'm able to go out and start exercising again, I'm really going to start like almost like a bit of a new runner mm. and just slowly build up to make sure that I don't aggravate this, aggravate this plantar fasciitis. I yeah. kind of got an extra three or four days with the sickness to rest it. Uh, I would have really liked, if I had been going to the start line on Saturday morning, I would have really liked to have gotten a run in yesterday or today just to prove that it was okay. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's been a very aggressive taper going from <laughs> training for a 105 to then doing nothing for two yeah. weeks. That's, That's probably a, a little silly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I just feel really bad for 
I mean, I was approaching this event and even before two weeks ago when I aggravated the planter, I still wasn't feeling great because two months ago I did Great Ocean Road Marathon. That's 45 Ks. Okay, that's a pretty good long run. But since then, the only thing I've really done in the last two months of any significance was when I did the eight days of 21 Ks a day or something, 20 Ks a day. Like that that was a big burst there. But apart from that, my running has been really sporadic. So I don't think I was... I think mentally I was respecting this race. I don't yeah, think I take yeah. this race for granted, but physically I hadn't done the work. Yeah. So I was really in two minds coming into this event, knowing that, you know, I, I wasn't feeling as properly prepared. Like runners always say they wish they'd done more, but sure. this time I was like, it's not that I wish I'd done more. I legitimately don't know that I've done enough. Yeah. So I was, I was really feeling that. And so the fact that it's now being rescheduled, I'll just try and build up to it. I've, I've still got Oxfam in October, uh, and then Melbourne Marathon there. Although, gee whiz, these lockdowns come out of nowhere. I, dude, I don't, I just, I don't know how Melbourne Marathon's going to go ahead. Like, it's so, because yeah. what is there normally? Like 20? Uh, in the marathon itself, there's normally 8,000 people. Eight, yeah. The half marathon's 12,000. Yeah. There's, there's 30,000 exactly. people there over okay. the course of the event. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I was underestimating. I was going to say 20. Uh, well, because yeah. there's multiple well, races now. There's a 10K, 5K, yeah. kids race. Yeah. Plus the Plus spectators. spectators. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't, I just don't understand. And it kind of worries me for smaller events like the Spartans. Like, I'm just like, oh man. Um, but, you know, I guess, I guess we all have to have that burden to bear. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I really hope, I don't know, man. I just hope that, I think, I, I think the answer is just in that vaccine. And, you know, once they can just get it out, like, I, I don't. I don't know what else. I don't know if they're not. My thought has always been they don't have enough supplies, but then I hear that they do have enough supplies. They're just not getting it out quickly enough because of whatever the hell. And I'm just like, this is just going to keep happening until they, until until we figure out. I mean, opening up a vaccine that is potentially dangerous to people under 40 is not enough. Yeah, exactly. I, again, I can sit here and spout out, but what are the answers? I don't know. You know, I don't know the whole story. Who does? Well, I think that the, the chat, well, I mean, if you believe the conspiracy people, none of us know. Well, um, it's, 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 it's the lizard people. Like, they're the answer. Yeah, well, um, they're, they're holding the vaccine in the studio where the moon landing was filmed. Correct. I think that the big challenge here is that the, the, the response to the vaccine has been, oh, well, if you want to take the risk, you take it. It's like, well, where was the obligation to get us better supply? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's like it shouldn't be a question of whether or not an individual wants to take a personal risk here. Yeah. Um, where is the indemnity to sort of go, hey, listen, we've gotten you the best possible supply here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And until the, the other challenge is this damn thing keeps mutating. Mm. We got Delta variants. We got var- like it's, it's all going all over the place. Yeah. And did you see that a fully vaccinated nurse she, in New she, South yeah, Wales she tested got, positive? Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. So, so the vaccination doesn't mean you won't get it. No. Um, it just reduces your chances. And a nurse is in the worst possible place. Like she's on the front line for this sort yeah. of stuff. So yeah. it appears logical that if anyone vaccinated was going to get it, it was going to be her. So, um, but yeah, back to people uh, impacted. So I feel really bad for friend of the program, Dean. Mm. Uh, this had been his revenge tour yeah, to actually yeah. tick over a 100 kilometer race and uh, been chatting with him today and, you know, he's optimistic, but obviously a little bit 
disappointed. Yeah. Uh, my friend Daryl, uh, he also won't be running the event, uh, which again, he was kind of a little bit up and down because he's been hurting his knee lately. Yeah, um, yeah he didn't look uh, happy that day that we ran together. No, so he wasn't having fun there. But, um, you know, Trails Plus, so Brett, the organizer of Trails Plus, you know, sh- shout out to him. Hearts go out to him. Uh, he's yeah, worked so, so hard yeah. with so many different events. He had a couple of great events be successful over the last month or so. And then just to have this one, which is, you know, it, it's special to him because it's the first event he ever ran. And it's kind of the thing he builds the whole year around to have that taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so sad. So as far as I know, all our uh, entries will be rolled forward to the rescheduled uh, event. And like I said, for me personally, it just gives me a better chance of actually turning up and, and being competitive in it, yeah, which is great. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It gives me another opportunity to not remember that it was on that weekend. Yeah. I do need to pull you up on that. You legit thought it was not. I swear weekend. to God. I thought it was, I don't know why I thought it was the same weekend as the run Melbourne weekend, because you, I remember no, thinking, I spoke wanted, about this for the last four episodes. I know. I know. <laughs> and I remember, but I remember thinking to myself, I want to go see Zach and Daryl and Dean run, but that's the same weekend as the run Melbourne, and I want to do that. And but they're not. But they're not. So I don't know. They're, I don't know. I hate my so life. So are you? Are you? Are you uh, entered for run Melbourne? No, no. So it no, doesn't okay. matter anyway. Okay. <laughs> so wait a second. What? <laughs> I never. I never. I, I never ended up uh, entering run Melbourne because. It was just like I was going to enter it, and then we entered into that snap lockdown a few uh, like a month ago, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just this is I'm not. I don't want to have another race where I have a dangling credit for that I have to keep track of. Oh, yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, because last year, uh, fire out. I keep. I always say last year. Now it's going on three years ago. I guess two two years ago. I had five races that I had credits for that were canceled, and I was just like, do you know what, dude? Like, I can't. I can't keep track of that. I mean, it's only five races. I know some people like Nicola have signed up for like 79 races or whatever. Yeah. But but I'm yeah. just like, I, you know, I'll just sign up for the things that I know are going to happen. Spartan is an exception because I race as an ambassador, so that's kind of like whatever. But like anything else, like, you know, even if I wasn't doing the Ultra the week after, I probably wouldn't be signing up for the Melbourne Marathon. Um, yeah. I, I want to get a, obviously, marathon distance training run in, but... Obviously not the week before. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, I've I've entered uh, Melbourne Marathon, so I'm kind of, you know, rolled the dice on that one. Yeah. I, I really wonder, will Run Melbourne go ahead uh, in a week and a half's time? I doubt uh, it. I, well, I doubt it. <laughs> I, I really hmm. do. I think I'd it be... depends on the testing. How many tests yeah. do we get? How do the contact traces go? Exactly, because yeah. we're entering into a lockdown technically, theoretically for five days, but who knows, is it going to be, will, well, will, will we be? The last lockdown was a week and it ended yes. up being three weeks. Exactly. Will we be 20 yeah. days into a five-day lockdown? Kind of thing, so. Correct. And we, we, of course, need to, to look at what happens in New South Wales and the situation there. And oh, It's just a mess, people. Uh, to my children and grandchildren who are listening to this years from now as they do a school essay about what life was like in olden times when dad was in the middle of a global pandemic um we have no idea what's going on kids we have yeah. literally no idea We're just um, along for the ride and it's a yeah just ride. <laughs> go find go find granddad who's sitting in the corner and give him another custard cup and just tell him to be quiet because you know i have no idea what's happening now and i have no idea what's happening there yeah what's up with you mate what are you up to Oh, uh, well, uh, I've actually, you know, I've, I've had some pretty good stuff. Like a couple of weeks ago, I PB'd my half marathon. Yes. Uh, and it was the first half marathon I've run. It was the longest I've run in a long time. So it was an hour and 42 minutes and 40 seconds. Which is a very good time. I was happy with that. That wasn't a race event. There was no. no blocked off streets. There was no fuel stations. There was no cheering people. 
that was just you against the clock and the traffic on a random day. Yeah, it was a, it was about a, the, the lap that I ran was about two and a half kilometers, a loop. Mm. Um, and I tell you, like I was, I was keeping up, what's that, like a four, it was like a, it was a sub five minute kilometer. Yes, something, very much so. Around 450 or four something. Yep. And I got to tell you, by the time I was done with that, get, getting to like kilometer 18, I was just like, not so much yes physically tired but mentally i was just like i hate this loop like i don't understand how people can do like the sri chin moy and do like a small loop for like a full yeah. marathon i'm just like not nah. but it was good it felt great you know it was not it was a, a run that i wanted to go out and do a bit quick i i wasn't sure that i was going to pb it certainly not by that much because mm. uh, that's like how big a pb was it i was like uh okay so the last pb that i did was about an hour and like 46 but the 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 catch 22 of that one i don't count that one like at all because some of that was outside and i finished it on the treadmill so uh, yes i don't really count that so my pb before that was i think like an hour and 52 so it's like a 10 minute pb that's awesome yeah um so I was like really, really stoked with that. And it was just one of those days, you know, it was like when I ran at, when I did that 5k a month ago, it was just a day. Like you try and go and do it the next week and you just can't because you were just in good form that day. Right. Yeah. Um, so what that, were they gonna do? like, what, 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 so you were doing I mean, a 2.5k loop. Was it on the footpath? What were the traffic yeah, was kind obstacles of like, you had to worry about? No, it was kind of like, it was, it was a combination of footpath and bitumen. Um, yep. but no, it was a pretty cruisy pretty cruisy thing uh, the last part of it i did take a, a a detour down to a different loop so basically i ran along the prince's freeway highway whatever the hell uh in geelong past the bunnings and everything yeah and i came back and i actually i lost about 10 seconds there because i had to wait for i didn't stop anything i just i just mm. waited um because i was waiting for uh, cars to like yeah go past and everything so, you know, I didn't want to get hit. But other than that, it was pretty good. And that last part, actually, it was kind of stupid because the whole route was pretty flat. But when I did that and I went that way just to change it up, there, it kind of inclines down. And then it inclines, obviously, back up to come back. And I was like, well, that yeah. was stupid. So yeah. I found myself pushing pretty hard uh, in the last couple K. But no, it was, I mean, the, the weather conditions were pretty perfect. I think it was like... I think it was, it wouldn't have been more than 15 degrees. Mm. Um, so that's a pretty, I think, good running. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was just like, it was just in good form. Uh, nothing hurt. Nothing was feeling bad. Yeah. How'd you pull up? Everything okay afterwards? Yeah, that's awesome. My, my glute was a bit tight, but not anything out of the ordinary, but I pulled it up It should fine. be after you PB. After yeah, you yeah, PB. Yeah, exactly. You should like, feel something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was fine. Um you so know, what do you think you could do in a race condition then? Uh, you know, I think if I was like, if I had the race mentality and it was a, it was like a, it was like a flatter course or something, I would probably be shooting for, I'd love to say 140 or sub 140, but I, I think mm. that that's ambitious. I'd say probably I'd be shooting for sub, anything sub 142, that'd be nice. Um, okay. You know, that's still pretty good. Yeah. So I think the next thing you need to do is just find a, an event where you can go prove yeah. it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Like, just you know, redo it. And yeah. I, th I think it's one of those things where it's like that would actually be a nice because obviously when I first started this podcast, it was about the 240 marathon. But it would be nice to at least 
be able to get to a half marathon in maybe under an hour and a half. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. So then it doesn't translate to a full marathon, but it's technically a sub three hour marathon if you. Uh, if you go that. under. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was great. Uh, you know, the following week, I just. Because basically what I'm doing is I'm trying to go up, 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 go hard, and then I'm just taking it down for a week or two to let my body adapt and then I'll start going back up and so the next time I go up up I'll get you know 14 16 18 this is running duration yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um sorry um those are miles uh, so I'll go up to say 23 25 28 um and then thank bring you it... for the 97 percent of the world that uses metric for yeah, doing exactly. that conversion sorry yes <laughs> um and then I'll bring it back down slightly and then up 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 to 30, you know, 33 and so on and so forth. Uh, so the following week, I, you know, I, instead of looking at one day of my long run, I'm kind of looking at the entire week. So yep. if I do 38 kilometers one week, I'm doing 40, then 42, okay. then 45, then I'll bring it down a little bit. Uh, so, so what are your yeah. long runs up to now? Well, the long runs, uh, so that was only a couple weeks ago. So I'm still, mm. I'm still at the half distance. So this week I will head into a longer, I'll, I'll hit into probably 22, 23 kilometers. Um, so last week I did a bit of, you know, running uh, at the Yu Yangs. Um, yeah. My long run this past week was uh, 16 kilometers. Um, and so next, yeah, so at the end of this week, I'll, I'll bring it right back up to probably 22, 23. Um, and I will, I will venture to say that I'll do that really easy. Like I, I yeah. probably won't put any quality into that in terms of, you know, pushing the pace at all i'll probably just keep it like six six fifteen pace the whole time yeah um but yeah so that's that's that uh yesterday i finished up uh i filmed the training like ben affleck for batman v superman oh this is another superman lives yeah. uh trained like a celebrity type yeah thing. it was really right. cool it was really cool much less food it was about half the food that i ate for the cavill workout and it's really much closer to what i do normally Actually, less calories because I lost a kilo too. <laughs> so, is, is, is Cavill that much bigger than Affleck? Uh, no, that's the, the thing. I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck was like bigger. Like yeah. if I were looking at both of them, I'm thinking Ben Affleck's a little bit more of a unit when he's in peak form. Yeah. Um, but I think from what I saw, I would have to imagine that Ben Affleck's the type of guy that would put on body fat easily yeah. because we've all seen him at his not yeah. – batman shape right um but yeah it was pretty close to what i do now the workout was intense it was like it was like a it was like a it was like a half hour just warm up and then it was a half hour of like well maybe like 15 minutes of like um just agility and fitnessy stuff and then and then it was like torso and strength stuff. There's like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minute workout. If, if I remember like reading about that, the workout he does in Batman v Superman was very similar to the workout he actually did to get ready for the role, which was yeah. lots of battle ropes, lots of cross yeah. training, lots of explosive ballistic yeah. type stuff. There was a yeah. lot of cool stuff. Like the one that I did, it was more geared toward his strength um, and sort of mobility. But mm. uh, there, there were things in there like on different days where, yeah, it was, you could tell that, what he's doing on screen, that's he's doing. Um, yeah. Was it a multi-day thing or was it just one day? Just, yeah, did? just the one day. Yeah. Um, but it was intense, man. Like, I don't normally, and I work hard at the gym, but when I'm lifting, I don't normally sweat that much. Yeah. But, dude, I was kind of, like, soaked yesterday. 
Um, but it was a lot of fun. So I'll put that video out. Uh, How are you I'm, feeling? I'm feeling great. Like I'm a bit sore in my back because there's a lot of emphasis on the back. Like, for example, there was one point I was doing farmer carries, uh, 32 kilos in each hand, uh, yep. the, the kettlebells. Just do that for a minute, four times. Then you do like um, uh, slow pull-ups. So you get to the top, you hold for four seconds, then you lower slowly for four seconds. Yep. You do uh, four reps, six sets, like cable, just so much stuff emphasized on the back. So my back's kind of tight, yep. but but it, it felt really good. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to act because all these sites that I went to, it was like definitely that I was following his nutrition plan. But I'm just like, I don't know how anybody could put weight on. Because he went from 198 pounds, uh, 90 kilos, to yep. about 100 kilos, maybe 105. And he was at like 7.5% body fat. But I'm like, mm. I don't know how you go from that to that eating what I ate yesterday. Because so it feel, wasn't that much. No, it was about 2,000 calories. Very That's moderate. That's not a lot. No, moderate carb intake. Like I said, I lost a kilo over the course of the day. So I'm I'm, I'm going to say that whoever put that together on all the sites, that was probably his cutting diet. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so he's he, bulked up bigger than 105 kilos and then yeah. he's used this diet to cut down. Yeah. Because yeah. if I followed that nutrition for two weeks, I'd probably lose a few kilos. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think Ben Affleck is a guy who struggles to put on size. I think he no. can put on size pretty easily. It's, yeah, it's lean it. size is his challenge. Exactly. Yeah. So I would imagine that he may have had similar food to this when he was bulking so that he didn't put on less than quality weight. But definitely I would imagine that the portion sizes were bigger because, I mean, yeah, it was just – it was very tiny. And, I mean, I definitely struggled more with the food on the Cavill workout. <laughs> Right, in terms of eating the amount of food for the cavalry workout. Yeah, yeah, like each meal in the cavalry workout, there were meals, there were snacks that were like a thousand calories. Um, yeah. I don't think any of the meals that I had yesterday were more than five hundred calories at a time. So your review of the Affleck training routine is hurts my back, needs more food. Pretty much, yeah, hurts yeah. my back in a good way though. So okay. I, yeah, I, and I, th I guess I said, and I say somewhere in the video, I would love basically I would take the training from the Ben Affleck and the nutrition from the Cavill workout and those are two very intense things like interesting if I'm working out like I did yesterday I'm needing the nutrition from the Cavill because like if I did that workout that I did yesterday or something similar three four five times a week I'm like I'm next level say Spartan race I'm probably yeah. on the so podium. that was going to be my next question is of the two workouts which one of them do you feel is more relevant for your Spartan Definitely uh, activities. Definitely the Affleck one. Um, because, I mean, Henry Cavill did have other uh, phases of his workout, but that particular workout was more geared towards size and strength, whereas the uh, workout that I did yesterday, it was, it was like everything. There was strength, there was fitness, there was agility, there was mobility, there was endurance, stamina, all that good stuff. So, yeah, that is like it's, – it's a workout that you just feel like – I don't know how to explain it, but you – there are some workouts that you do that when you're finished, you're just like, damn, I need a shower. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I smell bad. Yeah. Really bad. And that's like that hardcore. And then there are some workouts you do. I'm like, yeah, I could shower in like three hours. It doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, although people next to you might disagree. But Yeah, you know, true. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Well, that's, that's really interesting. So I guess the, the lesson for our fans is 
Um, all celebrities, they're just like us. They need different workouts for different things. Exactly. Um, and you and your record, I mean, is the Affleck workout something that would it be realistically sustainable for a normal person working a nine-to-five job? Because you said the Cowboy one was just impossible because of the eating all the time. Yeah. There's no way you could do that whilst being a normal person. No, I mean, you'd have to you'd have to bring a lot of food with you. You'd have to food prep a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that, the eating for that one would be a little bit trickier as opposed to the workout, which would be easier. Whereas the Ben Affleck one, I feel like the eating would be easier uh, you still have to prep. Like if you want, you know, you still got to prep. But yeah. the workout would be probably harder because you're spending an hour and a half to two hours just, I mean, just working. Like the, the warm-up in and of itself. It took and and this is not the hour and a half that some people spend at the gym when they're on the stationary bike checking their phone whilst right. they pedal at 30 minutes. No, you are. Minutes. You're working hard. Like yeah. you watch this. It, 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 you work hard. And whilst I would say definitely not for a beginner – it would be sustainable if you were really good at planning out your day. Like if you were really good at budget, anybody could do it. You just have to budget your time accordingly. Like, for example, Zach, for you, you could probably do it because you find the hours to do your ultra marathon training. Yep. But I don't think you'd be able to do it and your ultra marathon training. Right. Okay. You'd, you'd never see your family. <laughs> yes. Which, you know, we can discuss that. That's an option, I'm sure. Fair um, enough. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it definitely sounds like something like for me to get my ultra marathon training in, I'm often up at five o'clock in the You're morning right. mm-hmm. doing exercises so that I can then, you know, get home at seven o'clock, seven thirty or something and then do my day. Mm-hmm. It would be hard to do that. I mean, it also seems like from a, just like a body type type of things, yeah. training like Affleck and trying to train for an ultra marathon isn't really compatible. Well, so. that's exactly right. And that that's the other thing is you wouldn't want to be doing these things at the same time. Like yeah. you can't, you can't really put on size and body build when you're training for an ultra marathon mm. i'm trying at the moment yeah but it's hard <laughs> but you know, yeah look at that. it's yeah you're looking swole that's awesome you i think it's i think it's interesting <laughs> like it is possible for you to grab a random day in a celebrity's strength and diet thing and try that whereas online i've seen people who try and simulate like long elite runners and try and do what they yeah. do yeah. And the fact of the matter is you can grab any single workout that an elite runner does and it will kick your ass and you just won't be able to handle it because yeah. they're elite. But some people have gone and actually done like train like Kipchoge for a week and seen what it looks like and just the amount of like training in the morning, training at night and doing that. It, it's astonishing how it can just give you a little bit of a, that turbo boost. Yeah. Um, having motiv- a goal to work towards. You. Yeah. 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 Like that's the thing. Like after, after doing something like this, after really shaking it up and changing things around, it kind of just motivates you because it, it when you get like when you get stuck into a routine like routines are good consistencies are good but the thing is you kind of forget what it is that you're capable of yes and you find yourself being just you're just in this box and then when you do something that's so completely different it's like oh wow i yeah. there's I, there's something here that, that is bringing me well out of my comfort zone and it kind of lets you know, it's like, oh, hang on, I can work harder in my workouts or even better yet, I'm capable of working harder in my workouts, which is, yeah. uh, which is exciting. And it, awesome. yeah, it motivates you. It's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a real balance between 
doing enough variety with your workouts that you're always sort of, you know, interested in different things, Mm -hmm. but you don't get to perfect anything. Like if you're doing rowing and strength training and running and swimming, you're going to get good at a whole bunch of things, but it's going to take a long time to be really good at any of them versus I'm just going to concentrate on strength and diet for a day or a week or something. And you'll get really, really good at it. But like you said, you don't want to be doing that 10 weeks later because you just put yourself into a box. Right. You've got to find some way to, to give the variety. Yeah. Right. Right. Awesome. Hey, um, someone who got a little bit too much variety in their life, uh, <laughs> a, a, um, a little too close to, I can't believe it's still going ahead, but the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, yeah. which is starting in about a week's time uh, here in 2021. I can't believe the Tokyo Olympics are still going ahead. Mm. Um, no fans, uh, complete bubble lockdown. They're in the middle of a pandemic over there themselves, but okay, whatever. Um, we'll do the Olympics. Why but the, the big news coming out of it was the story of the female American sprinter who's been banned from the Olympics team. Yes. Um, tell the story. Well, basically, uh, an American sprinter, uh, Shikari Richardson, she basically was disqualified from, from the Olympics. She tested positive for marijuana. And so... Basically, there was just an up. There was there were arguments for her to stay within the Olympics. A lot of people were pissed off because they're like, you know, it's such a it's such a harmless drug, quote unquote, and you know this is an outrage. There were even politicians who were saying, you know, she was only banned because of her race. Which I think when people say stuff like that, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. It's like, kind of like the first person to mention Hitler in internet comics. Yeah, comics. Right. The second you've done that, you've kind of reached a line where we can't go back now. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, do you know what? Yeah. So basically, um, I mean, the rules stated that you know, you, if you have a positive result, you're out. And yep. so, yeah, I guess, I mean, a lot of people are kind of going back and forth between whether or not the right call was made. So she had qualified for the Olympics team. She's yes. a she's a sprinter. She had ran a fast enough time to qualify. She was going to Tokyo. She went on the chuff chuff wacky tabaki, tested, tested positive, and then she was disqualified from the team. Yes. Um, I mean, one of the tweets I saw about this was a, an ultra distance or a long distance runner saying, "Hey, I like to smoke a joint as much as the next person." I don't smoke it in the four weeks leading up to a major event where I'm going to get tested. Yeah. Like and we, we can argue about whether the rules are right or not, but yeah. the rules were there and exactly. she broke them. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of people, you know, cause a lot in, in, in more than a dozen States in the, in the, in, in the, in the U S it's of course legal, but it that's is. not, it's yeah. But that's not the point. It's, no. it's the point is the rules are for this event that, I think, uh, well, the rules are, so quote, all natural and synthetic cannabinoids are prohibited. Yes. That's it. And It's you, fairly black and white. Yeah. It's like, if you know the rules, don't break them. And I don't understand why people are, people are just getting pissed off because they need something to complain about. And my feeling is, it's like, you know what? You br- she came out and she apologized publicly and yeah. everything. But the people that are defending her, it's like, you know what? The rules are the rules. If you break them, you have to be prepared for the consequences. Like, I'm not going to go in shoplift and get caught by the the police and get a fine or get arrested or whatever and then expect 
millions of people or thousands of people, whatever, to come to my aid and be like, well, that's not fair. You can't arrest him. Like, that's not how that's not how things work. Like, you have to have some kind of order. And the problem, we're it's just a silly thing that we're opening ourselves up to. Like, we're living in this age where, you know, people have a problem with everything and it's now getting to the point where when rules are broken they don't want the that enforced because it's like you know what i why should i have to pay or why should i have to pay for my mistakes and it's like yeah "Yeah." i mean you and i have been looking we've been talking offline about the fact that we often agree on stuff and we're like we've got to find more things we disagree about um so we can actually have a back and forth Mm -hmm. um and if we want to have a debate about whether or not marijuana should be prohibited or not like whether or not it's something that athletes should or shouldn't be able to take um given it's you know in america how it's being handled in different states versus others given how different sporting leagues in america are treating it versus others there's a debate there we can have that Hmm. but in this one it's pretty simple to me the rules are the rules if you want to go smoke marijuana but still qualify for the olympics team either change the rule or don't get caught yeah don't complain once you get caught. Right. Um, now, personally, do I, th- you know, I've seen a bunch of evidence talking about how marijuana has therapeutic benefits, especially for athletes, high stress situations, helping them to recover. Um, there's a lot of evidence pointing towards that. That's not the debate here. The debate mm-hmm. is whether or not it was allowed to do it in this circumstance. Right. And the rule right. is you weren't allowed. Exactly. And that's the thing. And no, it's, it's like, and I, I, I know. I mean, I'm not putting anybody on blast here, but I know people who use recreational marijuana. I have no problem with that because whatever whatever they do is their thing. And you know what? It makes them feel good. It, you know, yeah. it, 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 I'm not going to say that it's not harmless because I don't like I don't really have any experience with it. So I don't know. I don't know. Is it really a gateway drug? I don't know. I do know from experience. Oh, no, sorry, not experience, but from hmm. um studies and what i've seen and robin williams said it best um you become a lot of things when you use marijuana quote certainly not fucking empowered unquote <laughs> yes <laughs> so, it's you not be an olympic quality sprinter and also still smoke on and be motivated to go do that <laughs> exactly um, yeah exactly. you should get bonus points but <laughs> Like, unless, again, Rob Williams, unless they put a candy bar at the end where the finish line is. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. Like, I. It's not like doing cocaine where you're like, I want to stay awake for the next 24 hours and just try and rebuild the running track. Right. After a couple of joints, you're like, listen, can we just get some chips and just chill out? Yeah. Um, Exactly. In saying that, I do believe that, you know, it's it's a hard one because where can you draw the line? Because, you know, pain meds. Versus, you know, exactly. Where's the line drawn? I don't know. So it's a hard one to actually say. I am kind of in the school of thought that, you know, you have to draw that line somewhere. And if that's where you're going to draw the line, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. But again, I it's not it's not something that I partake in. So I guess Mm -hmm. I don't know if my opinion matters, but I will say that if that's the rule follow it or suffer the consequences yeah you you they didn't just spring i imagine they didn't just spring this on her after she failed 
Like I imagine it's yeah. fairly clear that, hey, if you want to go to the Olympics, this isn't something you just rock up on a Sunday and have a crack at. You're right. These are the conditions of being part of the team and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, in the NBA, you know, traditionally the drug testing process in the NBA has been a bit of a joke because it's been you get tested twice a season, but once you've been tested twice, that's it, you won't be tested again. Mm. So if you get tested twice in the first month of the season and the season is nine months, well, away you go for the next eight months. Do whatever it is you want uh, because they're not going to test you again. Uh, The Olympics is different to that. The Olympics and the Tour de France, let's not get into the drugs and the Tour de France because that's obviously not the poster child for not doing it. But the the testing regime is a lot more expected. It's not a surprise. Mm. Um, I mean, I think if you're going to draw the line, um, where to draw the line, is a conversation. We can have that conversation. When to draw the line, that line was drawn a long time ago. That line was drawn when you signed up and you said, I want to go to Tokyo Olympics and represent the United States of America in the track. And so that's when you you sign up to that. And if you really want to be an Olympic athlete, sacrifices have to be made. And if sacrifices are, you know, a couple of chuffs and a bag of Doritos, that's probably not a big sacrifice compared to a gold medal. No, exactly. Because like this is, this is, and, and, and what I like, I was having this debate with my, not debate, but I was talking to my mom about the Olympics because she's in the same, she's in the boat where in terms of it going ahead in general, mm. she's just like kind of under, doesn't get why it's even going ahead. And I was like, mom, I, 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 money. Agree. yeah, money well, yeah, going ahead. It, yeah, money, it is the one and only chance for a lot of these athletes to show their stuff. Like some of these athletes yeah. have been training all their lives, you know, it's a hard thing. It's not like a marathon or you know, as a sporting event where you can do it again at a later date. In the Olympics, these people are training so hard, they might not get another day because they, it's so scientific the way they train and they lead up to a specific date. Once that date passes, they either have to basically put up or shut up. And then it's like they, they, they can't keep that level of training because they'll injure themselves. So they have to stop. And who knows if they can get back to it. So it's like the one-off chance for a lot of people, especially if it's only happening every four years, you know. Yeah. So in that scientific lead-up to being at your peak performance, where does smoking an ounce of Kush come in? Like, is that <laughs> something that was planned six weeks out or, you know? Yeah. I, dude, I don't understand. Like, why are runners smoking? I don't know. Like, That's like, a good why point, Why are runners too. smoking at all? Like, yeah. uh, maybe she was taking edibles or something like that. You know, we don't know. That's I a mean, good point, yeah. Um, but I can't imagine many smokers are – you know, or many runners are rolling a joint or chopping into a bong or something. Yeah, yeah, not at a competitive level. It's just like, you know, I mean, as far as I, I, I know, she kind of took it in stride, no pun intended. Um, but but it's just, it just, it boggles my mind that so many people are pissed off about it. It's like, what are you pissed off about? It's like she broke the rules. What do you want? She like, was relaxed because she's stoned. Well, that's a good point. So, yeah, you know, she was fair. like, you know. She was just, oh, what's going on? Okay, I'm going to get some munchies now. Where's that yeah. bag of Doritos again? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even what The Olympics, what? Um, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's hard for me to try. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I am terrible on marijuana. Absolutely terrible. I'm just an absolute falling down drunk. Um, it just it affects me so badly. So I'm the worst person to say that there's anything good that comes out of it. Because well, I think the two the two times I've had it, I think I've, I've fallen over and almost knocked myself out. And I guess, I guess that, that brings up a good point. Like... It is a drug that can inhibit you and I guess potentially could be dangerous to yourself and others if you're – because if you're – when you're going at that speed, 
Because when you're running a 100, you're going fast. And if you, if there's any part of your judgment that is impaired, she's not running with a doobie hanging out her mouth during the 100. No, no, I know that, but like, of course not. But I mean, if there's on the blocks, okay, off we go. It's the start. Hold it in. But like, you you don't know how. I mean, I guess the point is, people don't know how it's going to affect you. Uh, that person or how long it's going to affect that person and if their judgment is impaired even if it's 12 hours ago because i'm sure we've all had Mm. times where we've had alcohol and we've had so much of it that 12 hours later we're still kind of not okay yeah um so you're going at that speed you become a potentially dangerous hazard to not only yourself but the other runners on the track i imagine she's a seasoned professional i don't think she's this is not the first time no it's, it's, it's not the first time of course but that but it doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't matter right like you get caught stealing a car and whether it's your first time or not yeah you've been caught stealing a car um and they are you familiar with are you familiar with len bias no so len bias was a basketball player in the 80s who um by, by all accounts we were talking about possibly you know michael jordan type level like, mm. absolutely fantastic. He was drafted first overall by the Boston Celtics and went out that night to celebrate and took cocaine for the first time and dropped dead of an overdose. Like, wow. you know, so that that's sort of the, uh, the, the poster child example of one and done. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's your first time or not. That's the sort of the repercussions that can happen. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think this lady was um, hitting a joint for the first time. No, I don't. And then I heading don't off down so the either. track. Yeah. I don't think so either. But it's just, you know, you, you've got the rule and it can't be, well, if you've done an X amount of times, you're okay. It's, it's yep. you've got to, the rule has to be, well, you've done it. doesn't matter how many times. doesn't matter yeah. if you, you're experienced with it or not. You've done it. That's the rule. We can't make an exception. Otherwise, where do we draw the line? I've done it X amounts of times and I'm terrible every single time. Well, there you I'll go. You. So there that's you go. why I never do it anymore. So maybe she's also terrible yeah. at it. Yeah. Um, but well, she was terrible enough to get caught. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, I guess the other thing is, does it set because, and, and this is kind of a different sort of argument, but then you look at it and it's like, well, these are athletes that children look up to. Is yeah. that the sort of example? And again, you Charles can't... Barkley says, I'm not your role model. Your parents are your role model. Your right. teachers are your role model. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is that their burden to bear? A. B. Can you really hold it against them if it is something that is technically legal in some states? Hmm. What's, <laughs> what's I mean, the second you decide to go into the Olympics, you're signing up to a different level of regulation mm. than you are in your state. Mm. Um, you know, that's you know, there's so many examples where you can say, well, over in that country, it's legal. Well, well that's it. You're and not it, in that country. You're in this country. What was it yeah. about? What was it? Seven, eight years ago that the. The the Bali the Bali um, Bali Bali nine Bali nine yeah. yeah that didn't work out so well, but you know I'm it, pretty sure shipping like two kilograms of heroin is illegal in most countries. Well, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. the Bali nine is possibly the best example for that. But I think I think I guess at that time I remember the problem was that these people were facing the death penalty. Yes, eventually the their whole thing was if we were tried in Australia, yes, we would go to jail, but for, we would not get the death penalty. Um, yeah, for, for smuggling a literal shitload. Exactly, but the problem was they weren't tried in Australia, and they. Oh, I've lost Zach. You can hear me. Oh, there he is. Yep, found him. Oh, sorry. No, I, I was, was here all the time. Fair enough. Um, 
I was saying uh, we're down that, a rabbit hole now. Yeah, well, <laughs> basically the 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 problem is, of course, they broke the law in not. Australia. I know we shouldn't have gotten high before this. No, I know, I know. So anybody listening, don't let us uh, partake in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you understand the laws in different countries, and you know, yeah. a lot of people were like, "Well, you know what? They weren't try. They they need to come home to Australia." But then you flip that. Okay, well, what if somebody in another from another country came over here? And broke our laws. Yes. And say, you know, if you're talking about somebody from a real backward ass third world country that can come over here and kill someone and in their country they Mm. can do it and whatever, they don't it doesn't matter. But you come over here and kill somebody. I'm 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 gonna guess that most of those people are not gonna say, Well, it's fine, Mm. extradite him back to his own country. No. They're gonna say, you know what? He's broken our laws. Try motherfucker here and see what happens. Pardon my French. But you know, yeah. it's like... It's not French. Well, you never know. Actually, uh, there is a word. La motherfucker. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, it's like you can't have it both ways. So, like, yep. you can't be all for the law when it suits you. But then when it doesn't suit you, be like, ah, oh, no, that law sucks. It's like you can't... You got to figure it out. You can't have both ways. Yeah. I don't know I how like we the got other person who's had it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to pull us back. Um, yeah, let me try this. I feel like the only person who's had it both ways lately has been me because I got to slack off and be sick and injured for a race, but still not have to pull out of the race, which is I where we started this. So, thought you were yay going for somewhere me. really different with that. Yeah, yeah. so did I. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's wrap. Talk, talk to us about our sponsors. Uh, yes. Um, well, um, if you do want to go to a different country and basically follow their laws <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know how i'm gonna tie that in forget it um or if you want to go get which sponsor you're gonna go for I, we'll find out uh or if you want to yeah. go to the olympics and perform at your best without performing enhancing drugs you can use generation you can <laughs> where you can use your body's fat stores as fuel instead of carbohydrates which allows you to push harder faster longer with their patented super starch formula generation you can offers things like snack bars protein powders, electrolyte powders. Now you can edge, which is a sports gel, which is great for all you long distance runners out there. Visit generationyoucan.com.au and use the coupon code breaking the barrier for 15% off your first purchase. And if you're looking to use Generation You Can, a great event to use Generation You Can at would be a Spartan race. So Spartan race, of course, is the race that challenges you and is challenging a million people to get up off the couch and onto the obstacle course to see what they are made of. So find a Spartan course near you in Australia, and you can use the coupon code SUPERMAN for 15% off that race. If you have more than five people, contact me. I will get the admin fee waived for you as well. Well done. Great fuel, great events, great discounts. Go check it out, people. Um, we know that there can be a lot of uncertainty with what's happening in multiple parts of Australia and around the world. Um, but, you know, maybe like Andrew said, don't enter that race yet, but it doesn't stop you circling it on the calendar and having something to work towards. Uh, and, you know, it, it's funny, like you could sign up for races early and get that discount code um, and, you know, maybe get a cheaper race entry if you're an early bird. But then if it gets cancelled, you know, maybe like oh, I wasted my money. You know what? 
the certainty of actually getting to compete in a race now is probably pretty powerful. So, you know, wait till the last minute to go after that race, enter it, pay full price, but know that you're going to compete in it. Exactly. Uh, and that'd be awesome. Get, get, get the experience. Yeah. 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 Treat yourself. Treat yeah. yourself. Treat yourself before you tweet yourself. I meet yourself. I don't know what that was Treat about. Treat yourself yeah. before you beat yourself. We've re- it really starts to show when we don't have an agenda for these things. <laughs> oh no, that's a lot of fun. We started out on a good path. We did. Yeah, we went somewhere. We well, went see, this get drugs, gateway drugs. Right, well, there you go. There, drugs. You go. Yeah. there you go. There you go. That's exactly what happened. So yeah. I guess I- I- ipso facto, marijuana is a gateway drug to poor podcasting. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, you look after yourself. You stay safe. And uh, uh, to our listeners and everyone, uh, yeah, hit that subscribe button, five-star reviews, likes, likes, likes. Indeed. Thank you all so much for listening to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.